0: Life is an epic journey. Live it, Unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. You know, life is an epic journey, and we want to live it unleashed. God offers us this passionate life, a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace. And walks in freedom and that's the life we want to live. So we are intentionally shaping our lives as we journey together that we might experience this living unleashed life. And we're doing that here in season two of the Living Unleashed podcast by traveling with Luke through Luke and Acts. Today we're in chapter 18 of the book of Luke. So let's jump right in and hit, just get going here and see what we find as we look at this uh, chapter. Now, there's some really cool things happening. There's there's actually several um, accounts. Uh, Jesus tells a parable. there's some encounters with people. Um, in the midst of chapter 18, he begins to turn his face towards Jerusalem, talking about where he's going, what's about to happen, and the disciples still don't get that. But what I want to talk about here is, through the accounts... That are in this chapter, it really poses a uh, a choice for us. And so, let me kind of briefly go over these so we can see what we have. You start out with a parable about the persistent widow. Now, this is the widow who wanted justice, so she keeps going to the judge uh, over and over and over again. Give me justice! Give me justice! Give me justice! Says that finally. You know, the judge just does it because this woman's going to drive me crazy Uh, and says, now, what do we, what's the lesson, Jesus says, that we learn from that? Well, even the unjust judge rendered a just decision in the end. He says, so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? All right. So, so there's this idea of persistence this idea of persistence, and so hold on to that for just a second, okay? Hold on to that for just a second, uh, because he goes on to say and ask the question that when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? That this persistence is about faith. This this idea of turning to God, that God is everything. God's all. He, he's got the answers. He's he's the one with the power. Uh, he's the one who with the grace. I need him, okay? We go to the next parable. Jesus tells a parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector who both go to the, uh, who both go to the temple to pray. Now, the Pharisee gets up there, and he uh, stands up there all pompous and self-confident and says, you know, oh God, thank God, thank you that I am not like that guy over there, the, the, ta- the tax collector, who is an obvious sinner. Now, the tax collector, though, stands back, doesn't even approach, with his head down, cries out, "O oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner." Now Jesus goes on to say, "It is the tax collector, not the Pharisee, who goes home justified before God, because of the humility." Okay, because the tax, the the Pharisee was depending on his own goodness, his own righteousness, to make him who he was. Oh Lord, thank goodness I'm not like that person. Thank goodness because I do all these good things. You know, I tithe and I, and I pray and, and I don't, you know, I don't sin and, and all that I fast, but that's not it. It's the attitude of the tax collector who comes before God and says, Oh Lord, woe is me. Please be merciful to me. Okay. Then you have Jesus blessing the children. Parents keep bringing kids to their children to Jesus. The disciples are like, the master doesn't have time for that. Stay away. But they're persistent. And Jesus says, let him come. Let them come, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, when I think of my children, I think about how persistent they can be, okay? And so, we're, you know, we're talking about persistence, this need for God. And what is this childlike faith? Well, a child, even though as they grow up, they're beginning to try to exercise their own independence, there is still very much this recognition that, you know, they need you. I mean, even when my, as my kids get older and they try to exercise some independence, you know, they still want mom and dad around. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, they still want that. There, there's that, that clinging. Okay, now, then you go to the rich man. Now, stay with me. I know this is a lot, but stay with me. Then you go to the rich man. And what happens with the rich man? Well, the rich man comes to Jesus. He wants to know what he can do to get an eternal life. And again, I, like the Pharisee, like the Pharisee, he is depending upon his goodness, that he's done everything right, but he's also depending upon his money. See, he doesn't need to have faith in God. And so Jesus, seeing into his heart, sees the one thing that stands between him and God, and it's his money. See, he's not passionately, persistently um, chasing after God like the, uh, like the widow in the first far, uh, the parable, or the tax collector in the second parable. He's depending on his own goodness and his own riches. Jesus says, No. Nah. I'll tell you what, why don't you set that aside? Give it all to the poor and come follow me. He can't do it. Why? Because he just was gonna, he just wanted to use God. He didn't want to give anything up. He didn't want to live a different life. He didn't really want to depend on God. He just wanted the, the payoff at the end, uh, eternal life. I want to go to heaven. Okay. And then the last story is Jesus heals a blind beggar. There's this blind beggar beggar who is sitting along the road to Jericho. And he hollers out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody says, be quiet. What does he do? He shouts louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stop! And he says, man, your faith has made you well. All right. So what do we have here? Well, let's look at this for just a second. You have the persistent widow. She knew she needed the judge. She needed the judge to render a just decision, so she stuck with it until she got the just decision she needed, because she was determined, and she was persistent, and she knew she had nowhere else to turn. Then you have the Pharisee. The Pharisee is depending on his own goodness, his own righteousness. He's self-confident. He's pompous, and Jesus says, you know, he's not justified before God. Then you have the tax collector, who is is an obvious sinner, who has cheated people um, and and, and the like, and he comes before God and says, have mercy on me, Father. Have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. He's the one that gets justified. Why? Because he comes and he's completely dependent on God. There's that persistence that, I can't do anything without you, God, and and he humbly admits that, right? Right? The next thing you get is you get Jesus blessing the children. Well, the children are the epitome of knowing they need care. They need someone to watch over them. You know, my kids come to me and ask, can you get me a glass of, uh, of milk or can I have a cookie? Or, or they come to me and say, can you tie my shoe? You know, and so these little children, they, they, they are looking after, looking for that, that care. They know they're dependent and they're, they're innocent in that. Okay, and then you get the rich man. The rich man is confident in himself. He's confident in his own goodness. He's confident in his riches. And he has turned away. And then you get the blind man. The blind beggar keeps crying out, he will not be silenced because he knows Jesus is the one who can heal him. Do you see the pattern that happens here? See the pattern. It is all about that humble persistency. The persistence that we have in seeking God, the persistence we have in prayer does not come because we are somehow trying to manipulate God or to convince God to do anything for us. It has to do with our true, authentic cry to God. It has to do with us with us living out a true, um, passionate need for God, dependence upon God. Lord, I can't get there myself. My own goodness, my own righteousness, my own um, um, accomplishments, my own finances, none of that is good enough. I need you like a child. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those kind of people. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like a child. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And then what happens? God responds. He brings justice. He brings provision. Uh, He brings answers. He provides a way out. God is there when we totally and completely trust in Him and have faith, and that's what this chapter is about. What I'm afraid of is, is that for so many of us, we have attitudes like the Pharisee or the rich man, and that is that we think we're we're just not that bad a person. I mean, I'm a pretty good guy. I mean, I've not done I've not done anything that would get me arrested or thrown in jail. I've not done anything horrible. You know, I'm a pretty good guy. But what this tells us, no, I'm just as desperately in need of God as the next guy. I cannot... As soon as you start looking at other people and saying, "I can't believe how they act," "I can't believe what they said," "I can't believe what they did," can you believe that? And you're you're gossiping and you're judging and you're you're feeling that, then you're not looking at Christ. Because when we're looking at Christ, when we're not looking at Christ, we become more focused on what other people are doing wrong than what we are. That's why Jesus, you know, says, uh, "Why do you are you worried about the speck in your neighbor's eye when you got a log in your own?" Okay. And so when but when I have my eyes on Jesus, I'm become very much aware of who I am without him and how desperately I need him and how I'm just going to continue to turn to him, call upon him, trusting him that he is going to do, he is going to come through, he is the one who provides, he is the one who will be there, and I can live in that. I can be I can be confident in that I can be live at peace in that I can be filled with joy in that. And what I discover is I discover true freedom in that it is so freeing to no longer be trying to make myself worthy because I know I fail time and time again, but in Christ. In Christ, I am given strength, and I am given power to do things I never could do on my own. And I can live with hope, joy, peace, and freedom as I live this passionate life that God has given. So, hey, this is an awesome chapter. I really suggest you take a look at this chapter more than once. Uh, You know, this one's worth a reread. If you've already read it, read it again. If you haven't read it, try to read it two or three times today. Uh, You know, uh, finish up the day before you go to bed and reread this chapter. And then just as you go to sleep tonight, just call out to God and say, God, I I just need you. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. And just, man, it'll just bring a peace, hope, joy, and freedom to your life that you could never, ever have on your own. Hey, I hope you have an awesome day. Tell others about this podcast. I hope you'll join us tomorrow as we dive into Luke chapter 19. Uh, to wind up the week, and as you go through your day, may you keep on living unleashed.